As the uh, current crisis has continued, uh, and we are into basically another week of many people feeling like they are increasingly isolated, uh, I certainly have had those moments where I have felt this way and still continue to, and I've thought a lot this week about what it is that makes the feeling of isolation cause a sense of suffering in some way. And the best I can come up with is that it has, for the most part, at least for me, what I've experienced is that when I have been feeling some sense of of suffering in terms of isolation, it has really come from the thoughts that I have about feeling isolated. And it is really when I find that my mind is caught up in thoughts of what it feels like to not be able to be around uh, loved ones, to be able to be around family, and to be able to be around friends. And I think it's natural on a human level. And there again, I don't know a lot about these things. I'm certainly no expert. But I know that, you know, humans generally are regarded as, we're regarded as uh, very, you know, we're wired to be very social. And I know that everyone has different temperaments and different personalities. But I also know that as humans, we also have some commonalities in terms of how we relate to the struggles that we might be feeling or any suffering that we are experiencing uh, emotionally speaking, or it could be physically, or you know whether it's physical or mental or both, uh, because those things really are intertwined. That you know it has a lot to do with our thinking and what it is that uh, you know that we're the way that we are processing mentally, uh, what it is that we're going through or what it is that we're feeling. Uh, I've certainly had times this week where I have caught myself. Or, and there again, it's not to judge myself or to beat myself up at all, but essentially I have, you know, noticed or become aware that I have been feeling some sense of being isolated from people. And like a lot of people, uh, you know, I'm trying to do what I can in terms of utilizing what, you know, technology we have to stay connected. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people and had a lot of conversations about, about how using technology like this uh, I'm certainly not completely 100% comfortable with it. Uh, I still, you know, find myself somewhat conflicted because I, you know, certainly do, like a lot of people, prefer, you know, being with, or, you know, with people in person and being able to have those, you know, spontaneous conversations where you can feel other people's energy and relate to people, you know, that are right in front of you. But at this time, I know that uh, it's difficult to do that as, as well as, as potentially uh, unsafe. So that is really what I'm finding is, is that a lot of this has to do with my thinking. And I know as someone who spent many years, admittedly, living a very, very isolated life uh, due to chronic depression, that was really a way of life for me. I, even though I craved social interaction, I just didn't really necessarily know how to always be around people and especially people that I did had not met before or didn't know very well. And so as someone who is, I've spent the last several years investing very heavily, uh, energetically speaking, psychically, uh, you know, emotionally and physically in being more engaged with people and being in the, out in the world. 
and being a part of, of things that are going on and, and not being afraid to hide. In other words, you know, being out no matter how I felt about myself, you know, wanting at different times, sometimes knowing that I can be my own worst enemy and, and, and it's, and it comes very easily. Uh, you know, I've wanted to be out in life. And so this is, you know, during this time for me, I know we've all got our own stories and I'm not really wanting to get caught up in that. But essentially that, you know, it, it's this makes it difficult when we know that to a certain degree we thrive on being out in the world, being able to be with the people that we love and care about, being able to meet new people, partake in different events in the community. And, and uh, while uh, the technology that we have available now makes it possible for us to do that in somewhat of a different way. And it's and I'm definitely very grateful that we have the ability to do that. Uh, there can still be a sense of, you know, kind of feeling the walls closing in on us and uh, limited, you know, I realize obviously, you know, people, you know, we can go outside, there's certain things that we can do within reason, but it's, I think for most people, life to a certain degree definitely feels different in a certain way. And the day-to-day existence uh, is a little different than it, uh, than it was before all this came about, all these the things that we're going through globally. So where does that really leave us? In other words, if I am really, the question I guess would be, you know, what, how can, how can mindfulness and mindful coping practice really help when uh, someone is feeling this tremendous sense of isolation? Uh, It's really all about just very simply, very simply put, being aware that we are thinking these thoughts that somehow or another, uh, we are finding ourselves, you know, occupying a lot of our time and energy thinking about the the fact that we feel isolated. And really what I find is when I, when I ever, I, whenever I use the word, I feel isolated and it could be anything that I feel, I immediately remind myself that in a lot of cases, I'm not necessarily, I may not be feeling isolated. It's, you know, I can't really know for sure. I know that, you know, feelings ultimately are emotions you know, generally start in our body. And of course the mind and the body are, are connected, but it's really, what's really getting in my way, what's really tripping me up, what's really making me feel not great about what's going on. And, and, and what really causes me emotional suffering is that I'm thinking thoughts of being isolated. And if I, through mindfulness practice, it's just a matter of paying attention to what you know what our thinking is and as painful as it sometimes can be this is why i usually always share with people if this is a new practice you know you definitely don't want to start out by spending 30 minutes or an hour watching your thoughts uh you know it's something that is you know and there again there's no right or wrong amount of time it's just really what serves us and we we tend to kind of if we listen to ourselves and to our bodies and our minds we'll know and it's just a matter of getting more comfortable with sitting with the thoughts that we have, even if we don't like them, even if they don't feel good, because I know that the only way that I can prevent myself from getting caught up in my thoughts and being swept away by all the internal reactions that those thoughts are generating are for me to, you know, essentially sit with those thoughts. And the only way that I can keep myself from getting lost and being somewhere else in my, off in my head and not really here at all and really experiencing the good things that are happening. Uh, the only way I can prevent that from happening and getting swept up in that is for me to 
pay attention to what's actually going on in my mind. And I know that there's a lot of times where I am aware of what I'm thinking and I don't necessarily like how it feels to be thinking those thoughts. Sometimes it's easier to uh, distract myself with something else so that I'm not having to think them or, you know, some sort of avoidance technique. I mean, there's, and you know, we all have, there's, there's all different ways that we can do that. But I know that the more that I try to avoid it or try to distract myself from these thoughts, uh, what's going to happen is it's just going to give more energy to them. And it's just going, you know, I'm going to be expending more uh, energy and more time and more focus on them it tends to perpetuate those because it seems like whatever we give energy to, it seems like that just adds to the momentum of, of those thoughts that are running through our heads. So as far as isolation, you know, feeling isolated, it's, you know, getting back to that is I want to remember that I am thinking thoughts and I'm identifying, not only that, I'm thinking thoughts about being isolated. So I might be thinking about things that I wish that I used to be able to do that I wish I could be doing but right now, it doesn't make sense for me to do that. It's not safe for me to do that. Uh, I can also get really caught up in, I could be, you know, this is just, you know, kind of a, a sampling of things. I realize everyone's thoughts are different and everyone really uh, deals with this in a different way. So this is just kind of an example just from my own experience. I can be very caught up in identifying as a person who is trapped where I am and I can't really go out and do the things I want to do. Uh, I can get really caught up in, in thoughts about how long this is going to go on. Uh, you know, what's going to happen to me? In other words, you know, is this, if I feel really badly about this and I'm struggling, what is this going to be like three weeks from now or four weeks from now, potentially, if, if I'm finding myself in the same situation? And pretty quickly, is it, you know, is, it, is it's hopefully obvious that, you know, the human mind is amazing in its ability to, you know, to just very quickly and easily without really a lot of effort, you know, coming up with these thoughts and we can get really lost chasing these sort of, it's like, well, you know, they're like different, you know, they're basically ways of getting, I guess they refer to that as being off in the weeds. We can just, you know, go chase one thought after another. And before we know it, we look up and we have spent, you know, minutes, hours, sometimes, you know, days really locked in a particular thought pattern or locked in a loop of thoughts. So one of the things that I wanted to not only talk about as far as just, uh, you know, giving an overall uh, understanding of the importance, why mindfulness practice is so uh, uh, beneficial during a time like this is that, you know, not only do I want to be able to pay attention to my thoughts and be aware of what I'm thinking so that I can let go of them so that I can realize, oh, there I go again. You know, I'm just, I'm thinking thoughts about being isolated I am, you know, worrying about how long this is going to go on. I'm worrying about, am I going to really be able to make it through this time? Uh, I'm feeling sorry. I could be feeling sorry for myself. I could be really frustrated. I could be thinking about all the things that I need to be able to do that I can't. Uh, whatever the case may be, I, if I can, ju- you know, that seems, as I'm saying those things, it just kind of feels like you're sort of piling these things, you know, and again, it gets to be where it's overwhelming. But I think that's because of the fact that, you know, it's, it's remembering that, you know, we're, we're, as humans, we're clearly capable of piling those thoughts on and beginning to be very overwhelmed by them. And it's, you know, it's not, there's no magic way to just make them go away. Uh, the only way to really deal with that, I have found, is, and, and as someone who has clearly spent a lot of years 
being very wrapped up in my own thoughts and believing them and identifying with who I thought I was as a result of thinking those thoughts, not speaking to myself in a kind way, my self-talk being really negative. Uh, it's very heartening to know that there are these ancient practices which are very simple, but you know can clearly uh, can be difficult at times and they are challenging and that's why it does take practice. Uh, they really can actually help us get to a place where we're not believing everything that we're thinking about what we're feeling. They do have a tremendous uh, potential to be able to change the game mentally and neurally and also not only that, to change the way we feel physically because I know ultimately with that mind-body connection, uh, it really does help to be able to, uh, to avail ourselves of something that can actually help us not only mentally but physically overall. In addition to that, you know, I, and I know I've spoken before about meditative techniques such as just paying attention to our breathing, breathing in and out. And that's really before we really do the mind, you know, before we do a mindfulness practice, especially if we're finding ourselves uh, really caught up in thinking a lot about being isolated and in worry and fear and speculation and feeling bad, you know, for ourselves or feeling sorry for ourselves. And I'm not saying that everyone or anyone is doing that. I'm just saying that these are things that people have shared with me that have been pretty common during this time. That what I ultimately have found that it, you know not only helps uh, to to do these practices, but I want to introduce just a little bit of something different today. Uh, this is kind of a variation on a meditative practice. Uh, it really doesn't have anything to do with watching our thoughts, but it it may be something that people would find helpful. It certainly has helped me, especially now. I, in fact, I, this is a practice I've done for a while, and I'm going, I'm going to speak a little bit about it. But I have found, especially now, that it has been tremendously helpful. And that is to just imagine, you know, and it might be good to actually, you know, pay attention to the breath first, breathing in and out, and just, you know, not, not really paying attention to our thoughts, not trying to not pay attention, you know, not, try, not trying uh, to, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say here? Uh, the phrase I'm trying to say, basically, we're not trying to pay attention to our thoughts. We're trying to not pay attention. We're, we're not trying to not pay attention to them. We're not trying to really do to do anything at all other than just watching the breath. Sorry about that. I know that was a little much there. But essentially, it's not about trying to do anything or not doing anything. It's just about being here. And it's really just about, you know, breathing in and out and just being in the moment. One of the things I've also found, and I've been doing this pretty much every day, is been just Literally, you know, and this can be something that can be done with the eyes closed, the eyes open, whatever the case may be, is just, and this is based on some ancient practices, is just kind of feeling everything out beyond ourselves. In other words, I, you know, I can close my eyes and there's a few different ways you can approach this practice, but it's, some, it's basically about paying attention to things that are around us that are not us. In other words, I may be hearing birds chirping out outside, which I am right now. Uh, I may be hearing uh, the noise of a fan that's off in the distance, a fan that's running. Uh, I may hear, you know, various things, just, you know, just common everyday sounds. And I think sometimes it does help to really pay attention to the sounds that we hear just because of the fact that we're, our ears are already tuned into that anyway. But it's just a matter of hearing things and then just really allowing ourselves to imagine 
us being a part of what is, you know, the greater part of, of, of what's out here. In other words, and a part of creation and consciousness, whatever you want to call it. But if I can just close my eyes and stop and pause for a minute and just allow myself to pay attention to everything outside of me. And it's not that I'm trying to, I don't have to imagine things. I don't have to create anything in my mind. It's just a matter of stopping and being open to the fact that there are things going on around me that a lot of times I'm taking for granted because I'm so busy wrapped up in my own thoughts about my life and who I am and what I'm experiencing and what I'm going through. So it's kind of a way of, it's kind of a way of just sort of breaking the bonds of that, even if it's temporary. And, and what I find is I know we can't go around and live our lives like that every moment of every day. We clearly have to make decisions, take care of things. And a lot of this is based in living in a self, in other words, but this is really more about just taking a few minutes of a, uh, just to get away from uh, that the way that we're constantly relating to ourselves and just kind of changing the game a little bit. And this is something there's no right or wrong amount of time to do it, but it's really just a matter of stopping, paying attention, and just kind of expanding our awareness or expanding our consciousness. And really listening, and I think probably the listening is the most important part about it, is that we are listening to something different besides what's going on in our heads. And I think with most people, if not all people, it's hard to do two things at once. If I'm really, if I'm really paying attention to what's going on around me, and I'm and I'm basically expansive. In other words, I'm I'm open to the fact that this, you know, this is not all just what's happening right in front of me and to me that there's this entire universe essentially. And I realize, you know, we can only go out so far as human beings, but, you know, just being open to the fact that there's so much more to what's going on every moment than just what's happening right here in front of me and being able to be open to that. And I found that in, in, in conjunction with mindfulness practice with medit in conjunction with meditative practices, it's just another tool to be able to use uh, in order to kind of get ourselves out of that hamster wheel of constantly just thinking our thoughts and believing our thoughts and identifying with them. Uh, it's basically a way of allowing us to really kind of, you know, experience life in a different way. We're still going to have these thoughts. I, you know, I'm not, none of this is designed in a way to make these thoughts go away or uh, eliminate them. Uh, what it does do is it makes it easier for us to cope with what it's like to be a human being who has thoughts. And sometimes it's just a matter of separating ourselves and just loosening the grip a little bit on those thoughts and knowing that it's just a normal part of being human, but that I don't have to be, I don't have to fall victim to it so much. And I realize there are times when we clearly do need to think logically and to think logistically and to plan and to make decisions. But what's usually happening is that we, you know, there's a lot of times that we're not necessarily needing to do that, especially if we have more time on our hands that this thinking does get in. I mean, I find for me, it does get in the way and I really can't be the best me I can be. I really can't be any good for myself. If I can't be any good for myself, if I can't uh, cope myself, I certainly can't do, I can't be any good for anyone else chances are I'm going to cause suffering to other people. So this is really, it's not just about being more calm for the sake of being calm. Now, this is just for me. I can't say this for anyone else, that these ancient practices, the reason for them ultimately was that we did want to be able to become, 
I, you know, it, it, we want to become better people. We want to be able to be of service. We want to be able to do the best work we can do and be there for people that we love and care about and to do our part to make the world a better place. And I know that a lot of times it's, it's odd as it seems uh, because we are just one, you know, we're just one person in an ocean of, of humanity that it really, at least, we, you know, I feel like I'm doing my part, not only for myself, but for those around me and that are closest to me and just for people that I'm coming in contact with on a, on a day-to-day basis. And I find that, you know, feeling isolated, I certainly can't change the way that things are right now. But what I can do is make it easier for me to live this way because right now this makes the most sense and it is the, the, the safest thing right now is that I don't have to, at least I have their practices that enable me and empower me to not have to suffer as much during this time and to make the best use of this time that I possibly can. And for me, that has really been something that's changed the game. It hasn't made all my problems go away. It hasn't magically made everything better. But I, w- I will say this, that it's certainly been easier to be me and it's certainly easier to cope with uh, being a human being who naturally has these thoughts running through my head if I don't believe them all uh, every time I'm thinking them and if I don't identify with who I'm sometimes trying to convince I'm myself that I am, that I know that I'm not and that things aren't really as bad as I think they are in a lot of cases. It really does just make you know this day-to-day existence the way we're living right now, uh, you know, where their tendency is to feel very isolated. And I'm not denying that. I mean, clearly this is a much more isolated way of living. But I know that these practices certainly can make this to where, where I'm suffering less and have the potential for other people as well.